Report to the principal's office. I don't think I'm alone in feeling that sense of dread or as existential crises that comes when you're contacted from HR. Even when I'm pretty sure I didn't do anything wrong in the past couple of weeks, you're just never too sure. It's like when driving along and you see a cop car and you're like, oh Jesus, please don't notice me existing, <laughs> even though I didn't do anything wrong. So our guest today has over two years of experience in human resources and recruiting for a fang company. Now, what is a fang company, you ask? Well, you're just going to have to look that part up. It's okay. I didn't know what it was either. But uh, welcome, Sarah. Hi, guys. So now with the advent of COVID-19, uh, many people are either furloughed or have been let go and are looking for jobs. Uh, you know, not to mention it is August and there's just a bunch of new college graduates flooding the market right now. So Sarah's info today is definitely pretty valuable. Um, so welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Of course. So um, whenever I have guests on the show, I always send them like a uh, like a screening just so they know like what the show is about. And I love this first line that you put. You said HR. It's the police of corporations. What do you mean by this? Uh, well, just in the sense that in my experience, HR has been seen as like policing the employees and the managers. And although there are some good employees in HR who are an advocate for the people at the end of the day, like the things that we do, it's for the betterment of the corporation as a whole, like all the guidelines and policies that we put in place. It's ultimately to protect the corporations at the end of the day to make sure that the company is thriving. I see. So it's like HR and PR in a sense. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, give or take. Yeah. I mean, you do have to like watch what you say and how you say things and how you deliver the policies or the news to employees and managers just to make sure like, you know, it won't, they won't take it the wrong way and that they see it as a benefit to them. You're like the ultimate, like internal peacekeeper. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You could say that. <laughs> uh, do you feel like there's a disconnect to people in other areas of your company? Like if you have like a company barbecue and, you know, you see a group of people that you like and then and they're all like talking and then you come around, they, they all get quiet. And oh, here she comes. Um, yeah, I mean, in my experience, I haven't had that just because, you know, I was kind of on the lower peg. In HR, you know, I wasn't like a senior HR person or anything. So for me, I've always made it a point that people saw me as a person first. And I kind of just interact with them and like, hey, you know, my name's Sarah. Like, what's your name? And just kind of get to know them like as a person instead of like, oh, my name's Sarah. I'm in HR. So what do you do? You know, <laughs> uh, but but my other colleagues, yeah, they have experienced that. And that's something that we were trying to break the barrier and it's just to make sure that like they don't see us as just HR. Like we're also people first at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. we, we would have barbecues and we would make a point to go out to the barbecues or we would make it a point to stop by their offices and just kind of make our rounds and just kind of say hi. But even then like people would be like, oh, why is HR here? Like what are, what are they doing? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I put that out in the intro like that, but it's the truth. Yeah. Everyone gets nervous when you guys are around. <laughs> they do even i do and i'm in hr so like it's okay 
Whose side are you on? Side. I am on nobody's side. Because nobody is on my side, little orc. Is there anything people can do toward people in HR so that you guys don't feel so alienated? Um, I think, honestly, just don't don't feel so weirded out by HR. Like, you know, like I said, we're people too at the end of the day. And, you know, there's not, it's not like we're always coming to get you. Like, that's not our purpose. That's not what our job is to do in HR. So, you know, if you want to come say hi, then go for it. Or if you want to come and just like chit chat for a little bit or like grab lunch just to get to know us a little bit more, then that's fine. Because honestly, a lot of our managers, employees only come to HR when they have a problem. It's always kind of like, oh, here we go again. Like, what's the issue now? But you know, to mix it up, like, just please come say hi. See, like, how's your day? How's your weekend? Like, just like you would with any other coworker. Right. Yeah. You know, what? I never really thought of that. Like, yeah, people really do just come to you for problems, huh? Like you're a problem yeah. solver in the, in the and like I can imagine that like being like a whole day and you're you maybe you had something personal happen to you, but you can't you know, who do you talk to about that? Like, you know, um, and then people just come in. Hey, he's bothering me. Hey, she's bothering me. Hey, he brought in like smelly lunch and <laughs> the microwave. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> What was the uh, craziest complaint someone has come to you about where you're just like, I don't even know how to <laughs> I don't even know how to fix this? So the craziest thing I've ever heard while working in HR is that, you know, somebody's spouse got arrested and they hadn't heard from them. And we were trying to contact them um, just because they hadn't shown up for their shifts for an X number of times. And we just kind of went to touch base with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so their wife reached out to us and we didn't know what was going on. So we kind of had to like hunt down that lead. So that's kind of the craziest story I've ever heard of. It's like on top of everything else you have to do for this huge company. It's like, <laughs> this is now on your plate. Yes, pretty oh, much. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, it keeps things interesting, right? That's right. Uh, definitely like HR cooler talk, right? I mean, are you allowed to even talk to other HR people about like, uh, like different cases or is that just you, like only you? Oh, no, no. We'll talk about it with, you know, other people on my team. And that's something that we'll talk about. It's not like we're like, oh my God, look at this person. How dare they? They do X, Y, and Z. But it's just kind of more like, so this is happening. You know, I just need a sounding board. Like, where should I go from here? Do you think this is the right approach? Just because we are dealing with a lot of like sensitive topics, um, especially if it deals with people's interpersonal lives. Do you ever... um bring in like outside professionals like counselors therapists or uh, anything like that to help with some problems people might be having uh sometimes yeah uh not specifically hr but when we have to work with legal sometimes um legal will send it to outside counseling um to get their professional opinion because it's you know outside of our scope of um area um, and so we'll get outside counseling and then they'll come back to us. And then that's depending on like what they say, the recommendation, and that's how legal and HR will proceed forward. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good to know that companies are taking that proactive step. So I, I, before doing my whole audiology thing, like I used to work for a large corporation as well um, in like a corporate building. And I know, I know that you guys get the scoop before everyone else does. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Um, especially if it pertains to the teams and businesses that we support, we will definitely get the scoop first, especially from the business directors and, you know, our HR directors. And it's just kind of like, Hey, heads up, we're implementing this change. Keep it a tight lid on this for now until we're ready to release the news. Was there ever a time you were like, man, I, I want to spill the beans. Uh, there definitely have been times where I've been like tempted to, but you know, <laughs> being a HR professional, <laughs> I have not ever released any certain news like that before it was um, time to release the news. Awesome. Well, that's good. There's been a big push towards, um, you know, uh, diversity and, and inclusion. Uh, and this is prior, you know, to all of the protests going on. That we we know we are aware, unless you're living under a rock, that you know we know are going on. Uh, this whole diversity and inclusion at, at work. What are your thoughts on this? Um, honestly, I feel like when it comes to the workforce and the workplace, diversity and inclusion is a sham. Mm. I only say that because uh, a lot of times they. The events that we do or, you know, the initiatives that we try to push out, it's it's a lot of talk, but there's not a lot of action that comes about from it. Uh, it's like a lip service, you would say. Yeah, 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 pretty much. It's kind of like, hey, look at us. We actually care about diversity and inclusion. Oh, we took a picture for a Women's International Day, so we definitely care about this event. <laughs> but what else are you doing to promote females as leaders in the workplace because females are one of the underrepresented minorities amongst, you know, African-Americans and um, Hispanics and Latinos. Sorry, um, Asians are not categorized in this uh, space just because in corporate America's eyes, we're not underrepresented minorities, unfortunately. As an Asian man, I am insulted. I'm joking. (laughs) You should be because it, it... it does kind of suck because <laughs> they are a minority, are they not? I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, for sure. So in the beginning of the show, um, you know, I kind of referenced this vast amount of people who, you know, may be looking for jobs. And I know that you not only were involved in HR, but also in recruiting. Um, so uh, any any thoughts there about, you know, or, or, or I should say, any tips for people looking for jobs? Yeah, I think uh, when you're searching for jobs, really take a look at the job posting, the job descriptions, and it definitely helps if you take a pile, compilation of like, you know, 10 different job postings for the same job that you're looking at and just try to see like what are some similar keywords, some of the buzzwords that are just like on all 10 of these job postings and make sure that you have some of them within your resume. So that way, when your resume goes through the applicant tracking system, the ATS, that they're able to pick up on your resume 
and like push it out to the recruiter more um, instead of it just getting filtered out into the note pile automatically. Depending on the ATS systems that companies use, that's kind of how it works. But um, you have some of the buzzwords, it definitely helps the recruiter be like, okay, so this person, you know, has done, you know, if, if for example, you're trying to be a um, project manager, make sure you have some words like um, agile methodology or like, you know, it helps you have some of the certs on there if you are qualified to have some of the certs or like some of your program experience, like pilots, um, how much like money you saved on like budgets or like, you know, what was like your project timeline processes or like the word like SOP mm-hmm. is a good word to have. So just like some of the buzzwords on there, just make sure you take a look and incorporate that into your resume. Also, another tip, um, recruiters aren't ghosting you on purpose. It's just there's so much that they have to focus on. They're, you know, working on so many different roles right now that it doesn't help when candidates reach out to us every other day after their interview and just like, hey, do you have any news for me? Do you have any news for me? You know, it's best if you reach out to your recruiter after five business days from your on-site or Zoom interview because given the environment, you know, just after five business days, reach out and then just kind of check in. (laughs) So you hear that from Sarah, everyone. Calm down. (laughs) We all know you want that job. We Everyone wants that job, (laughs) but just calm down. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are trying to help fill the role with the best people possible. So we do want you guys to get the job too. Okay. Like we're playing on the same team here. (laughs) Any differences uh, between like the sexes? I hate to say this word, but like, you know, any differences that you've noticed between men and women when they apply for jobs? Yeah. So from my experience, I've noticed that males who apply or those who identify as like, more masculine dominant um they tend to just state what salary they want within their expectations when recruiters ask so for example we could be like so what is your salary expectation and they would say what well, i'm looking for 75 annually with a um you know a bonus of like 10 stocks or whatever whereas females or those who are more feminine identified um they tend to give a range. So they tend to say, oh, well, I'm looking for a range between, you know, 50000 annually to 55000 annually. But uh, I think it's best to just take it from the males and just kind of state what your expectations are from the get-go. Either recruiters will say, yes, we can do that, or no, we can't. This is the most that we can do for you, X, Y, and Z. Oh, okay. That's so interesting you say that because in my current position now like i did exactly what you're saying men do and i i like stated a price (laughs) so that's funny yeah i didn't know that either when i first started working i was like oh and then i started looking at some of these applications i was like and you know doing the recruiter screenings and that's when i noticed i was like oh okay i'm gonna take it a point from these guys and try to do what they say because it seems to be working give or take right like don't sell yourself short if you don't have to like know what you're worth yes exactly Okay. So speaking about knowing what people are, you know, worth, and this is part, I think this is more like in line with uh, HR, I think you're saying that, um, you know, people find greener pastures sometimes, and they want to leave, but you want to keep that talent, like, you know, 
Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so a lot of times, um, you know, after a while, employees want to leave because they hear of another opportunity elsewhere. And so in HR, we do try to keep talent within. And so we'll, you know, have a talk with the employee and figure out why they're leaving. And if it's due to compensation and they are a high-performing employee that where we do want to retain their talents. Uh, more often than not, we might just try to throw some more money at them. Mm. Have people wanted to leave? Is it mostly for money, or are there other like situations where it was driving them crazy? Like, listen, I can't work with Steve anymore. He's pissing me off. <laughs> Get him out of the department, or or something like that. Like, or is it always just money? No, so it's actually not just always money. Uh, more often than not, people will be because they're not getting the career development opportunities that they want. So money is probably like the number two reason why people leave the compensation. But the number one reason that I find is that there's just not the growth opportunities that they're looking for. There's no way for them to advance their career. So that's why they leave and they go somewhere else where one, they'll get more compensation. Two, they'll get that career development opportunities that they're seeking for. Oh, very interesting. So lack of uh, potential growth is the number one reason. Exactly. Very interesting. So we're we're running out of time, but I'd like to thank uh, Sarah for joining us today and providing her very valuable insight, especially in today's trying times. Thanks for having me, guys, and good luck on your search. I hope it helped. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. So that wraps up another episode of A Fleeting Frustration. If you listened to this podcast and laughed, snickered, even blew a little air out of your nose, or more importantly, if you learned something today, please, please, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and comment. That helps the podcast fight off all of those trolls. And it does more to grow the podcast than you think. And if I haven't asked enough of you already, I also ask that you uh, give me a little subscribe. That'd be great. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, and until next time, I'm your host, the Curious Audiologist. And thanks for listening. <laughs>